Hey guys, welcome to 904 Pod episode five. Today we're gonna do something a little crazy and have five people on this pod. Um, when we were filming this originally, it cut off my intro, so I'm redoing it now here. Uh, so the quality's gonna sound kind of weird, but let's get going. Okay, so, uh, Guy, why don't you start off by explaining to us why you think five people on a podcast is impossible? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's actually something I'm pretty passionate about. The guy uh, turned down the pod last time because he, he was just like, dude, there's more than four people. We, we can't do it. And he was, like, freaking out about it. I have a syndrome where I, where I melt into the background really easily. And so with, like, three or four people, I can still get propped up by others. But with five people, I would just fade away into nothingness for an hour and you'd hear me peep like once or twice uh maybe that was jason's plan the whole time to <laughs> minimize guides input yeah, you got it i mean he nailed it Fush. that's why i said fuck it so this is the week that bernie drops out or i guess suspends his campaign and you know we don't want to make this like a, a bernie podcast but i think this is important enough to where i think we should touch on it even though we uh we touched on it a little bit last week so bernie drops out he hasn't endorsed Biden yet. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He he's still asking people to vote for him. If anyone can explain why, I think it's because yeah, he uh, he's still on all the ballots for the remaining primaries, so he needs as many delegates as possible for leverage at the convention. But know? like like he's already under the fifty, right? So what does that give him? It's a negotiation with Biden to see if he can put pressure on him to adopt the policies like universal health care or, you know, canceling student debt, right? It's like, it's not about uh, winning, but it's more about showing Biden and his, his like team that like, look, if you guys were to adopt some strategies, you can get the people that uh, would vote for me otherwise. And he did that already, right? Is it fair to say that um, Biden came out with a loan forgiveness, I believe? And that's, uh, that's right? a joke. I, oh, I wouldn't even consider that a, an olive branch. That is, it was like lower middle class. And then the other thing was. Um, oh, Medicare. Oh, was, Medicare dropping yeah, from to like 60 to 60. Yeah, Hillary was already pushing for 55 uh, four <laughs> years ago. So the fact that Biden upped it four years or five years is a joke. Is that the uh, concession, though? You know what I mean? Is that like their political move to be like, "Hey, Bernie, we're gonna we're gonna adopt some of your policies"? Like, I mean, it seems like it, right? Okay, so we're to assume that they're in contact, and oh, definitely. Okay, yeah. okay, and like that's what he's doing. Okay, and he still hasn't endorsed him yet, which means he's probably not happy or satisfied yet, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was basically like the first step in the negotiation, and then. Bernie's got to do his thing of being like, no, it's not gonna. I gotta do better than that, guys. And then it'll just like slowly keep inching, and seeing what seeing what we can get. Yeah, I mean, as much as I wanted to try not to talk about it, like, especially with the coronavirus, Bernie's platform is literally front and center. Like everyone's talking about his fucking platform, um, even without you know referencing Bernie. So. Uh, yeah, I think support for Medicare for all has gone up something like ten percent polling. Since and what is Biden's coronavirus platform? Like, has he put anything out specifically about it? <laughs> That's a good question. His coronavirus platform is Bernie's normal platform, it seems like. <laughs> but not like, even. He wouldn't even go for no. Medicare. I mean, yeah, he'll do free testing and free 
free like uh, everything else surgeries and whatnot but only for coronavirus patients yeah. which is yeah if you get <laughs> cancer fuck yeah you. like mm -hmm. we hope you die but <laughs> coronavirus no it's yeah i mean it, this is a tangent but you guys saw that video of that guy who went on to was it cnn or cnbc and was talking about how like we should let the banks fail right it like went viral yeah yeah, yeah. social oh, yeah. social Love capital it. guy yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because like a lot of people were like, oh, my God, look at this. And it's just like, dude, like Bernie's really been saying that for a long time now. It's just weird that like that went so viral, I guess. I mean, is Bernie less or more radical than what that guy was? I mean, generally, I mean, he's, he's more he's more radical than a former Facebook executive like CTO. <laughs> oh, is that <laughs> yeah, that guy? Was that guy? Yeah. yeah, that guy like is a huge Elon Musk booster, right? He's like his number one believer. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember, but he's a tech dude. He's like better than other tech dudes mm -hmm. by by a good deal. But uh, I would expect him to still have some general tech dude inclinations. That went so viral, and it, everyone seemed to latch onto that so much more. Again, this, this the same fucking ideals that Bernie's platform has been pushing. I mean, th that's just what's wild is that like that is just free market capitalism. Is if something mm -hmm. fails, let it fail, and like this right. guy is saying the bare minimum in terms of that, and then he gets all this applause. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, oh my God, he said it to his face. And it's like, wait. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the extent of, uh, most people agree that the system's pretty rigged and it's fucked. So when someone can put it into like good words and stuff. I think well, that was made better because that, that white dude <laughs> was just like, <laughs> he was so dumbfounded. <laughs> like, what yeah, and he saying? was like, "You, yeah, you think that uh, airline employees should lose all their stock?" And it's like, do yeah. you know how many airline employees <laughs> actually own stock? Like, what well, percentage of the stock it is? It's ridiculous. Yeah, and because yeah. the the response was such a, like a gotcha question. It was like, "Oh, you're not gonna like, what are you gonna say? Are you really suggesting that we just let these airlines fail?" And it was just like, "Yeah, that's that's exactly what." we want to do and the guy was just like uh oh, like i can't conceive of a world where large corporations have consequences for <laughs> like predatory capitalist policies he was shook for there was like a second of pause where he was like do you think they should just fail and he was like yes yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know those twitter headlines where it's like they'll repost it and they'll be like um how did he how did they let this guy on or like they should have done more research for this guy so my question to you is i've been seeing a lot of that right i mean that's planned right if you want it to be like news hating which i do it's that's just that's just playing with the margins of the overton window to make it look mm -hmm. like it's not it's there and like every so once in a while you let on a dissenting opinion of someone that like Here's a truth bomb, but then like back to the same old bullshit, really. So that guy is also barely dissenting too, which is what's wild. Right. Yeah. right. So I, you I think, think they know exactly what he's gonna say though, right? Like like oh, you know, yeah, like on, know. I've always felt like it was planned, but people really react like it's not. And like, oh my god, he's saying shit and they're never gonna invite him back again. I think they will invite him back because, I mean, that made the Twitter round. So I'm sure whoever's mm -hmm. running social media analytics for CNBC's Twitter account is like, whoa, this got so much engagement. We should have, hopefully they realize they should have more opinions like that. Um, right. Because I don't think any other other videos ever gets that much engagement. Well, but yeah, but the question yeah. is, does it go into something more than just like a 30-second soundbite? Or do they actually realize that there's some interest in it and they do a, an actual piece on it because that's the problem you get these 30 second pieces it's you know they come and they go 
but they're not actually focusing on it. And that's a good point. They're not going to do any kind of like deep dive expose into like an antitrust law and what needs to change about that stuff. Wait, well, here's, here's a question for you. Why was Bernie on Fox News and why are they showing him favorably? I get that you're saying like, cool, it's like ratings showing that like we're like, you know, uh, down with the other side sometimes. But it's like, dude, that's don't they risk all these people fucking loving Bernie then? Well, I, I just think like, they, they yeah. extended the offer to every other candidate. I think Bernie was the only one who was willing to initially, and then everyone saw how good his town hall did. So then, like, everyone was asking to do one with Fox. But I do oh, think that Fox they? thinks – they think that they're going to, like, own the libs in front of their audience. Mm -hmm. And then when they get someone like Bernie who's very, like – on, like as soon as Bernie starts talking about Medicare for all, student debt forgiveness, their audience is like, "Wait, this makes so much sense," you know, rather or than technocratic rights. liberal stuff. Yeah, no, like Bernie's a populist, and so like mm -hmm. he, unlike other Democratic candidates, can go into a Fox News space and talk about Medicare for all. He can talk about universal health care. He can talk about his like vaguely pro-hunting platform and like he can speak to a populist narrative and just be like i love workers i've always loved workers don't you purport to love workers fox news and they have to like grit their teeth and be like yeah yeah, yeah we love workers sure I, I just find it weird that they would risk that and have you it's come not, on it's not risk that. i mean the, the news makes a lot more sense when you understand it as entertainment first and then mm -hmm. e everything else after if it will make them money tomorrow and be entertaining now, that's what they're going to do. So is this is this coming down to just like a marketing thing where they tag Bernie as like a socialist? For anything he says, they can just go back and say, this is going to cause the demise of America because it's it's socialism, it's socialism. Why, why not just rebrand then? It's not like democratic that socialism is so well defined anyway. You'll get different answers from different people. So why not just change, change the people argue the Refusing to brand the second time around is is a huge thing of what happened. They they did blame that. They were like, if he just dropped that and called himself an FDR Democrat, maybe he would have done better. But mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the truth or if that's just what they kept saying on the news, saying like yeah. some Joe Schmo in Florida won't vote for him because he's a socialist. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, oh, they said it on the news, so that means I can't vote for him. So I don't know right. if it was literally right. our consent yeah. was manufactured or not. But this is this is going back to like my, my dad, for example, he's pretty hardcore conservative. And when we talk about Bernie, he instantly goes to the socialism trope. And it's like he knows socialism from from Israel and from Russia and from these places where it was like a much more like well ingrained socialism and not the way Bernie is. And yet he's still willing to just equate Bernie with that, even though the policies aren't very similar and, and that's the thing is like most of the people who voted against bernie were like the what like the 65 plus or whatever the fuck like i just imagine like 200 million chris matthews voting for biden essentially and not getting mm -hmm. bernie but like right. they, so many chris matthews oh my god big old any, any democratic candidate is going to be pegged with being socialist and especially bernie it's like his whole career has been fighting for economic rights and like speaking out against capitalism. So I feel like there there was no way he was going to run from that label. And the thing that you're going to do if you try and rebrand yourself as like an FDR Democrat is like you're then going to kind of cede the point that there is something shameful about being socialist. Like 
I think Bernie was I trying to go that. the opposite direction where he was just like, fuck you guys. I am a socialist. Like, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of being called liberal. Like, this is actually what I believe in. And so, right, like, if, if he took that term away, if he was like, you know what, I'm dropping the term, I'm an FDR Democrat, then all of the talking heads would be like, so why did you drop socialists? Because you know it's right. a bad thing exactly. and like kind of, you know, go against his record. Especially in the past. 2016, and, it was so recent and he did just run on that platform. So, uh, yeah, I, I get that's a good point, Bosch. That's, that's, and the other yeah. thing is, it's like socialism's like a tough label, but like, depends, like, for who? Like, people over 50. Right. Yeah, like that's a big problem. It's it's still got that like Cold War boogeyman mentality and stuff. But like, people under forty want radical change. Socialism totally. actually is more popular than capitalism, and people under thirty, at least maybe even under forty. So like, yeah. it's actually, and that's the crowd he's trying to pump up and bring out in record numbers. So it makes sense for him to yeah, keep that I saw, posture. I saw a really interesting thing about this. Kind of getting back to guy, what you were talking about that like. For our parents' generation, socialism brings to mind, like, communism, Russia, USSR, Cuba. For our generation, it's, like, it's Scandinavia. It's, you know, UK. It's free healthcare. It's, like, you know, these, like, super high standards of living in Europe. So, like, socialism just means something very different to younger generations. But I I don't think they succeeded at the messaging of that, because even Mm -hmm. for me, who has been following him for so long, like... Where was the ads or the, the explanations of like Denmark socialism? Where was that messaging? It was nowhere. And um, they were like, where were they supposed yeah. to do that? Where where can you like sit down and have a nice little like five minute what like a Vox now this type thing? Well, for... well, no. Even in his like debates and stuff, <laughs> I was really frustrated by his a lot of his debate performances because he wasn't taking the time to address all of the. Uh, the stuff that was getting thrown at him like fast enough and I, I was reading that like he like let go of a uh, a rapid response person that apparently is pretty common in every campaign where like the moment some sort of negative press comes out this person will go on and address these these things um, I so think that he just never hired for yeah. it what I agree they should have had someone you know because like the the demographic that he lost with were the people who only get their news from cable news so they didn't right. need someone to go on MSNBC CNN exactly. and offer rebuttals and that, yeah, that's, he, that's one problem that I didn't like foresee was the fact that like you know, the news has kind of lost its firewall, but only among certain people. They still have that, like, bubble in that firewall with a certain age and demographic. Well, there's that uh, stat. I think it's, like, 70% of Democratic voters trust cable news. And I think that's yeah. the only stat you need to understand as to yeah. why Bernie couldn't succeed. That's a, that's a big, like, strategic hurdle. And I do wonder about that, too, because it seems like the Republicans as a whole— trusted the news less so donald mm-hmm. trump just went all in on that and i wonder if bernie would have gone more all in on like fuck you news fuck you democratic party if that would have helped or hurt See, but just the fact that like you know the democratic people just still have more faith in these institutions that seems like kind of misleading to me you're saying the mainstream media though and they're still buying into fox and shit wholeheartedly right for some reason that's not mainstream media yeah, I just and, liberal and, media is mainstream I'm not sure how that breaks down, but you got to remember before when Trump was like running, he didn't have Fox at his back. It was kind of once he won that they like 
yeah create a little alliance but he was that's why he's so much stronger this time around like jesus he's got the entire machine behind him you guys Um, seen this new like oan network that's come up i don't know when i don't know when that became a thing yo my dad watches that and i'm really disappointed i saw him watching it one day and i was like dad what is this garbage you're watching he's like iman like there's nothing else to watch i I know cnn's bad i know fox news is bad and i know msnbc's bad so like (laughs) this is what i'm left with he's going further you don't even have to watch cable news wait iman actually what does your dad lean Actually, if you don't mind me asking, he's very liberal. In fact, oh, both okay. of my parents are Bernie supporters, thankfully, um, and they but all agree with the platform. Oh, how do you watch? Oh, Isn't OAN yeah, a OAN Christian, like, like, uh, like a conservative Christian network? It Trump? is. I think I think he stopped watching it after I told him. Like, just because everything else is bad doesn't mean you have to watch this thing. So, but he was watching it for like a few months, and I was just like dumbfounded by it. But it, it, is kinda, it is kind of like an old man move. My dad kind of does this thing where he just cycles through all the news channels and watch like mm-hmm. a couple minutes of MSNBC and then a couple minutes of CNN and then like. Is it is it possible to take this as a good sign that maybe they don't think they have enough of a hold on Fox that they kind of went through this back channel of going to this other news organization that will just directly support? Or is that not a good sign? I wouldn't say good sign. Now there's a second one. Fox is now like more balanced than yeah because than of OAN, right part you know? and like yeah no oh totally. god I I've been talking about this with my friends and I was curious what you guys think um, in terms of like cable news and news sources you know how like everyone says that you know our parents in the '60s and whatnot you know they were part of like the hippie movement the flower power they protested Vietnam and all that stuff and then look at how the boomers ended up. Um, do you think that's going to happen with this generation too? Why not? I think Why not? to a certain degree, yeah, yeah. but like, so, cause I've, I've been thinking a lot about this as well. The boomer generation, as much as I love to hate on them, were like traumatized by watching JFK get assassinated and watching MLK get assassinated and watching like these huge figures be taken down and kind of like the people that you love. And so imagine if like Bernie Sanders or Barack Obama had gotten killed, like somebody had just murdered him. I think it would, you know what I mean? Yeah. It it would have absolutely like, I think, I mean, the sixties were like a special crazy time for international, like progressive movements and stuff, but it's also romanticized to shit and like framed Mm -hmm. in weird ways and stuff. Like, the whole thing that people get more conservative as they get older is like kind of a myth or overstated. You kind of just stay fixed in your politics and there's different things that go into that. For example, conservative people tend to have more money. People with more money tend to live longer. So literally the poor progressive people are dying out quicker. This was one example of why it's complicated. The other thing is like boomers think they're center of the world and like all that like hippie free love stuff was cool and the protesting was cool, but they weren't the first generation to decide sex before marriage was chill. Yeah, I've also heard that there was a huge correlation between the draft and political radicalism, such that like when they removed the draft in Vietnam, a lot of the like political activism that young people were engaging in kind of tapered off. And so, Mm. you know, so long as we don't institute a draft, we probably... um, we, we might not see the same kind of, like, radical shifting in politics. God, could you imagine if there was a draft 
Imagine the TikTok kids going. (laughs) 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 But no, I really think that flash mob uh, protests. I think that like our generation will stay progressive throughout most of their lives and their older adult lives, and I really think it's because it's because we have the internet and i know that's like a very Mm. simplistic answer but like imagine being our parents in the 80s and you want to find out about a current event where do you turn to you literally have like a couple sources local news and then cnn was just starting in the 80s so then you had that in the newspaper so like now that we have online we have twitter i mean i've seen twitter is unbelievable i've seen so many of my normie high school friends become radicalized just from Twitter, you know? And if Twitter didn't exist, they would just be watching MSNBC. So, like, Mm. I do think that with cable news dying and the internet just existing, I do think it'll be different for millennials and Zoomers when they grow up. It's true. I hate to admit it, but, like, the Twitter and the internet is a big deal. Like, I feel like so many of the primary candidates that we're trying to posture as progressive would just get destroyed on Twitter, like... The Kamala Harris is a cop thing, like, fucked her up. <laughs> I fucked up her whole life. Like, that. The, <laughs> Starbucks, the Starbucks guy got fucking destroyed, dude. Who was that? Schultz. Oh, Howard Schultz? Oh, I oh, forgot. Schultz. When, he, when he tried to run for us. Yeah, he tried God. to run for us. He had like a three day campaign. It was pretty yeah. impressive. <laughs> um, my question, though, is actually will we become less conservative or will we just become more radical? Like, Iman, all this stuff you're saying is just to point out that we will be pushed further left or further right. Like, because Republicans are getting radicalized too, right? Yeah, I, don't know, I think I, that we just won't be as conservative as our parents were when we grow up. I like, we'll maybe lose a little bit of our like radical leftiness, but until Twitter gets like freedom of speech, like, until they start cracking down on stuff like that, I think that we have a better shot of maintaining our radicalism than any other generation mm-hmm. i hope so uh, i don't know I, I kind of see it as as potentially having too it's like too much content and therefore you start to get a little apathetic and then you start having family and then you start having kids and your job becomes a little more of a drone and it's just like i don't know if we're going to necessarily be more conservative but it's just are we really going to care enough when it's just it's too much content to consume? I mean, you said before in the 80s there was there was nothing. It was very few sources. And then the overwhelming choice just kind of, I don't know, paralyzes you. I mean, I, you know, Pasha, when you guys, when you mentioned, um, you know, if Bernie got assassinated, I still feel like uh, him getting kicked out of the race two times in a row, like, felt like that certainly for a lot of people, especially this time given his age. It's like it feels like the movement died with that right because oh, like if so so the four years of iman to your point about like staying radical like i do hope that but man four more years of trump i think would kill the aspirations of so many people in that generation mm. well i'm worried that, i don't know difference. if they would be recoverable my concern there's still a difference between like being engaged on Twitter and being like fully politically engaged, even if everyone's like freaking out on Twitter, that's not going to start a revolution or anything. And like conservatives have always been outnumbered. Things like national health care, pouring money into education, like taxing the rich. The majority of people have always supported these things. Uh, I, I agree. Like, when what I, about when I'm, like, campusing for Bernie, like 
it was all people over the age of 50, like all the hmm. Twitter people who are like the young Bernie people. I saw maybe two of them at the mm-hmm. Ventura office. It was all older people. So I agree mm-hmm. that like it doesn't really reflect action. But I will say from a very personal example, like, you know, my sister is communicate runs communication for a massive surveillance company owned by Amazon. And the fact that if she, if it wasn't for Twitter, I really think she would have just become like a standard lib. But Twitter, I literally saw it radicalize her and become a Bernie bro. And hmm. I don't think that would have been possible without it. What about the idea that because uh, you said that with him goes the goes the movement, but you look at AOC and there's a nice yeah, little group totally. of like similar. Said, I'm not going to touch on that. Maybe we should, but all the rumors <laughs> about AOC. Uh, heading to the center has me sad. Um, I just don't think, I think Bernie is an impossible to compare to like politician because yeah. his, his number one thing is the longevity of, of his message, right? The consistency and nobody else in the fucking history of the world <laughs> could ever do that again, mm-hmm. you know, especially well, what he's lived through. So it was I a unique, it... It, it was a unique opportunity for sure, but I don't think like, He's like you're saying, he's old as shit. And like, what I'm nervous about is if his base like really believed when he said, not me, us, and wasn't just doing like another ideologue, like just having some superhero thing. Cause that will be the key to whether this movement sputters off after this or says like, thanks Gramps, we'll take it from here and keeps growing. I guess it depends how you define his legacy. Cause the thing is like the legacy of 35 years of being like super left and super consistent. Yeah, maybe that is harder to to capture. But like he even in even in the 2016 election, look at how much the Democratic Party has shifted left since the first time he ran purely based on Bernie Sanders. Like totally. I mean, Elizabeth Warren, the fact that like mainstream Democrats are talking about universal health care even if it is like some you know, pared down version or whatever, or canceling student debt. Like those things weren't on the table in 2016. It's yeah. And, and I think like AOC and, and, uh, Ilhan Omar. And like, I think that those, those young up and coming Democrats are further left than the Pelosi's, the Schumer's, whatever. And like that legacy, I think will sustain. That will be good. And it will be a battle cause they will keep, uh, the cool thing about Bernie was his oldness and his stubbornness. Like people mm-hmm. talk about this, like this young new energy and stuff, which is great. But like youth isn't a pro across the board. Like youth is also very like malleable and like fickle, mm-hmm. you know? So like they will, they will be molded to certain degrees and they'll have to figure out how to navigate the political cesspool and stuff. I but, mean, look uh, at all the progressive uh, people who were up and coming, right? Beto, he's, fucking centrist as fuck now. Andrew I mean, Gillum is uh, off doing crack in some hotel room, I think. Is that him? Was it Andrew Gillum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was a wild What's saga. Fuck out in there. Um, no one benefited from the news cycle more than that dude. Like, that, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. That shit disappeared sure. immediately. Who do you guys think is the next progressive icon? Is it, I mean, obviously, it seems to be AOC. I can't tell. Do you mean AOC progressive icon scared. as far as like uh, I think there's going to be a lot of like up and coming ones and but like you mean as far as like for like the presidential bid? Uh, the progressive front running leader with Bernie's like who fills I think that like, void? 
I understand how everyone is so unsure about AOC because she has made these weird pivots from time to time. I'm really hoping that like she's doing this because it's like very calculated and she is becoming more normie so that more people attach to her. And then once she wins the presidency, then she goes crazy leftist because like everyone trusted her at first, you know? Right. Like she's hiding hiding her power levels. Is there, but see, is there any- That's happened so many times in our history. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is there any t- any example of that ever happening? I feel like it corrupts you. And that's the thing is we love Bernie because he wouldn't sacrifice going to the center, you know? He wouldn't concede. And the thing is, it seems like the other people are only going to make more progress if they do concede some of those things and become more centered, Some mm-hmm. such as Elizabeth Warren. So it's like you can't win. Um, My question is, like, maybe it's because I haven't read about it enough, but, like, what has she done exactly that made her pivot to the center um okay so the two things off the top of my head i should have looked this up but one of the main things i believe in let's see when asked about warren's lack of endorsement um she blamed bernie and like you know that's understandable um but people were like if you really believed in how urgent this shot of winning the presidency is for bernie like just fucking suck it up you know what i mean like like the other people like who are like bending over backwards kissing biden's ass so there was that was one another one was she um apparently refused to campaign harder for him um for for like one stretch of the campaign and it's funny i mean she was pretty out in front like there was that video of her like you know hanging out with him he was like alone in a room and she like found him like a pokemon but like no well so so she was so, so there, there's a huge article about when those relations started like apparently getting uh a little bit more distance basically she seemed to be like slowly distancing herself um after in the I beginning mean, she was hitting hard but you you noticed itself too like she wasn't really talking about him anymore for like a couple weeks y'all yeah. that is not doing anything to my love of aoc i'm like oh, what, no, what are you talking I'm about not, like i'm not even judging go. No, definitely. Like, are you kidding me? She's like my dream president candidate. And thankfully, so far, it doesn't sound like she's ever, you know, changed course on policies. So if she's like pivoting to the center in terms of how like mainstream libs view her, but she hasn't shifted her policy, then that's kind of a win for me. Yeah, Yeah, in fact, apparently she like, it was when Bernie was like either in the hospital or like in Washington for the impeachment trial. And she was acting as a surrogate, campaigning for him. And two things happened. One is she barely mentioned his name when she was campaigning for him. And two is she was telling everyone to not pay their landlord's rent. <laughs> and I think Sor- love that. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. But I think Sorota or or Jeff Weaver was like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like that is not part of our message at this point in time." And I guess she got pissed that they. We're telling her to not be so left. Oh, interesting. And yeah, so though apparently after that, there was like some distancing um, between herself and the campaign. You know, the Warren Democrats who would never vote for Bernie. Mm-hmm. I think that like hopefully she can pick up those Warren right. Democrats. And I she think she unite. has the best opportunity. That's true. If yeah. she's calculating to unite that branch and then get a little bit more center support, like she could really be unstoppable. That's yeah. the thing. Is she's so smart and savvy about like social media, how to project an image of herself. And so like I don't have a problem with her trying to appeal to moderates. I think if anything, what we saw this time around is that like 
that is the limit. Like Bernie, Bernie crossed a line with Democratic mainstream voters where like they simply wouldn't do it, even right. if he was right. Even if, uh, talking to my dad, who is also conservative, he was like willing to concede that universal health care is a good idea, but still was like, yeah, but like Biden, though. And, and, and it's uh, like if she can appeal to the middle, even in just name only being like, I'm not a communist. I'm not going to like, you know, praise. But, but Pasha, that's, communism. A, that's a slippery slope because that's what Obama did. Obama just did mm. that in too much. He got the progressive vote and then just went super centrist the moment that he reached power. So it's like, now, are you no, willing to gamble that AOC this, will do the same? Jason, I was exactly that dude who, it, when Obama was running, was like, oh, yeah, he's like super liberal. No, we were wrong. He wasn't. He was never liberal. He was a, always a moderate. And it was like, we assumed that he was more liberal than he was. But like, yeah. his strategy was always try and find common ground, try and like get the middle position. And that's what worries people about AOC. It's I, I actually am not too familiar with Obama when he was campaigning and running prior to the first presidency. Like There were varying levels of like progressiveness. He had to like throw some old lefty friends under the bus. But he, he wasn't did, running a progressive platform, right? Campaign well, he did He did do a, like a phenomenal, unprecedented like ground game. His grassroots organizing was tremendous, but that's, to Pasha's point, as soon as he won, he sent them all home. The second tip-off was, you know, the bailout and filling his staff with like Goldman Sachs executives and stuff. <laughs> Any chance well, AOC is the same? Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm a pretty firm believer in like power corrupting, uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's a human I also power. think it has to do, I think it's a little too much focus on like one person where if you look at the benefits of a, like a yeah. parliamentary democracy, for example, you have to build coalitions and by getting more people like right now, there's what, how many progressives are there in Congress? And all of them, I think are congressmen and not or congress people and not senators you know so it's like that's part of the issue is you don't have a block of voices yeah. that are going to speak in unison mm -hmm. you have these individual people speaking out and what you need is like much more widespread acceptance and and that's something that i think bernie was trying to do by building those grassroots campaigns is people from california people from minnesota people from texas they should run, they should win, and they should start filling the, the House and the Senate. But until that happens, AOC, all she can do is just plead her case. But I don't think there's much in danger of corrupting because she won't have enough power to begin with. And Iman, I think that's a good point to like move on to the DSA, so the Democratic Socialists of America. Like, I don't know much about them. Bernie's not actually a member, right? I don't think he was ever a member, but I do know he spoke at one of their conventions in the, in the 90s, I believe. Funny because, like, it, at least to me, so, someone who's really new to that whole scene, it, I thought it was like spawned from his 2016 campaign <laughs> to like continue his work. I didn't realize they're completely separate, right? And they've been around forever, but I guess they're getting more steam and traction because of his ideals being mainstream. Is that correct? Yeah, they definitely exploded in popularity from Bernie's run in 2016, but they definitely they've existed since the 70s, I want to say. But I don't know if that's where he got the term from, if it was from that organization or not. Okay. They're usually referred to hand-in-hand, hand, but um, it's interesting that he's not a member. Yeah, they came uh, up around the same time, but they have been—it used to just be, like, a handful of people 
in a room and it's ballooned to like tens of thousands or whatever and they came up i mean <clears throat> also don't want to stay like completely too like bernie centric with the whole understanding mm -hmm. of this movement and this history like you start a lot of this with like Occupy Wall Street and the bailout and mm -hmm. well, I mean kind of like Sanders now for all its failures the Occupy Wall Street movement like They succeeded quite a bit like I give them credit more than Bernie Sanders for bringing like The issue of class back into the political discussion where you can like, you know, yo fuck the 1% like what's going on This is a bunch of bullshit and stuff like that spawned through the movement of like those activists and stuff and Bernie was you know a public figure that also, who started that? I have no idea, like what names are associated with that. I think people uh, just went into the park and shit. But they're actually a leader, no? <laughs> yeah, like it started. It was very uh, uncentral or you know decentralized power, and that was also its demise, as a lot of people say. David Graeber is like a anarchist professor of like economics at the London School of Economics, and he went down there and was like was an early person that was helping organize and stuff, but. Um, they were trying to go hard on like true democracy, not just majority, like full on consensus before we do anything. Anyone that wants to talk can talk. And so it would just be like this big yeah. mess. I, that I feel like this is one of those times where you have to have like a nuanced kind of like all sides vision of politics. Like Occupy wasn't doing something wrong by being decentralized. That's just one way to do it. Right. Like, and they introduced the 1%. They introduced the idea of like, you know, criticizing Wall Street. They kind of brought the populist lefty critiques into mainstream political discourse. Like, the Occupy movement gets shit on for not being the Tea Party. But like, the Occupy movement had its own effects on left politics. And like, in conjunction with AOC's liberal on Twitter presence and in conjunction with like elizabeth warren's more like left of center but still like not as far left as bernie like all we need all of that shit right that's like, a very not... generous description of elizabeth warren pasha i know sarah's not here to defend her so i'm not going to go into her right now we're going to say um but i'm just saying like to criticize occupy for not having a more centralized leader i think is just like that's just not we don't need that. Or we need that, but we also need the decentralized thing. It's like you need all hands on deck. And I think that there's some value in like recognizing movements that don't have one face. Because exactly what we were just talking about with Bernie, it's like if we stake all of our hopes on one person and we deify this person, then anything that they do then discredits the whole movement. Like AOC, we're, we're seeing that right now. It's like there is a worship of her in particular and that actually damages the like larger left movement of these like young progressive Congress people. So like, I don't know. I just like, I hear a lot of people talking shit on Occupy for not having organized in a hierarchy. And I think that that's just not correct. Totally. I agree that that's not the main reason why uh, it didn't fail to achieve real power. It could be one of them, but yeah, it was way more than that too. I do want to sidebar real quick because uh, Trump just tweeted, yes. watching Fox News on weekend afternoons is a total waste of time. We now have some great alternatives like One American News. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, wow. Dude, what if he succeeds <laughs> the in revolution making Fox? Begun. 
revolution has begun. He's ditching Fox News already. It's so wah, savage. Wah, wah. How come Breitbart didn't yeah. step into that void? What happened to them? Weren't Great they question. like in his back pocket? Like Steve they Bannon was really dwindled in his administration. Breitbart they was too crazy up. to like have too much mainstream appeal. Though they would just get constantly skewered for having like you know I don't know like Nazi opinion writers and shit. But isn't like, could... isn't OAN like that too or no? But they're not as, like, upfront about it. You know, like, I'm I'm pretty sure Breitbart had, like, a news category section for black crime or black (laughs) black (laughs) stuff like that. Like, One American News Network is awful, but they're not doing it that blatantly. Well, have you guys heard One American News in the press conferences? Have you seen the type of questions they ask? I think that's the reason. They're trying to make themselves, like, more legitimate, where it's not just about news pieces. It's about, like, real, like, great questioning, investigating, da-da-da. But it's... Guys, can I just stop for a second, if we're criticizing Breitbart for having a black crime section, the OANN.com homepage has a daily minute-by-minute update on the cost of illegal immigration. (laughs) (laughs) That's the new debt clock. (laughs) Yo! Like... So like let's let's be clear like OANN is not positioning itself as like anything less than like white supremacist nonsense. But yeah, I, I guess we can move on to um, China virus. Okay. Oh my god. Um, I, as an Asian person, I guess I haven't experienced the racism uh, yet, but like, I don't actually care that much that it's being called that. I mean, Do you guys all feel it's super fucked up to call it the Chinese virus? I, I think in this particular case, we have seen a few, you know, little acts of of racism, some some beatings in New York, stuff like that. But overall, considering how much Trump has pushed it, I don't think there's been that much of backlash against uh, whatever Chinese Americans or Asian Americans. But I think the precedent that it sets is bad. So maybe in this particular case, calling it the China virus isn't the the worst thing that, that I, I Trump could do, but... I have actually read about a lot of pretty uh, severe acts of racism against, you know, Koreans and all that stuff. So, like, who are not Chinese. So, yes, I haven't full experience it yet, and, like, maybe if I got, like, fucking knifed in the back, I would feel differently, but um, that's the least of my concerns. And the, there are headlines all over the place about, mm. about that. I agree that certainly, like... I'd rather the president not do that and should he should be admonished for it. But it also we know how Trump works and like that's like so on brand for him for him to like yeah. create this like identity politics troll thing to mm-hmm. like get people to talk about that instead of talking about the things he is or isn't doing and like if we talk about coronavirus like 9 out of 10 stuff should be what he is or isn't doing and then like the 10th time you can be like and the fucking assholes calling it the coronavirus but but instead 9 yes. out of 10 news stories will be about how he calls right. it the coronavirus yeah. and like 1 China out of 10 virus. will be yeah, coronavirus. That, I, I oh, yeah, agree so. exactly with your sentence. That's, that's yeah, what to I just go like when this first started started in Wuhan, it was called the Wuhan virus. And then as it started to spread, they started to like say, well, use it by its technical name. Let's not call it that. He's able to point to like early New York Times headlines that called it the Wuhan virus. And then now there's this whole debate over like something that's abjectly less important than like actually saving people that are dying. 
Yeah, I think the like people are having problems with like they can't chew gum and walk at the same time. Like you can say that like mm -hmm. obviously China's probably underreporting their cases, but then you can also be like, let's not call it the Chinese virus because like you know I think the biggest fear is that that just subconsciously seeps into people's brains when they hear Chinese virus to where like you know maybe less culturally understanding people yeah, eventually like just view Chinese people as negative, and it's not because of them like purposely doing that that's just like how they heard it and it just right. seeped into their consciousness right once yeah. it normalizes it yeah and i think that gives you a good idea of trump's worldview and how his brain works because mm -hmm. by calling it the chinese virus you know it's just like he has to think of a phrase that he will remember that is marketable just right. like exactly. build a wall <laughs> it's like he has to be able to do something that he can just repeat and repeat Sleepy to his constituents yeah you know and that's just he has to attach it to ethnicity, like you're saying, Pasha, mm -hmm. just like with build a wall. It's this it just really shows you how <laughs> how his mind works. I, I feel like nothing will get back to normal until a vaccine is is created. Um I mean say goodbye to all the sports seasons, say goodbye to just any of that stuff, dude. And dude, once the vaccine comes out, is everyone just gonna get like required to go get it? Fuck man, I hate shots. Oh my god, oh, man, that's so little, such a little <laughs> sacrifice to make. <laughs> such a tiny little thing. I wonder if I can get arrested for, like, avoiding the shot. You I would should. love to see... I'd love to see like a Fox News interview with Jason where he's like, don't, don't get the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> the vaccines are overrated. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that shots hurt? <laughs> Dude, like, if everyone else gets the shot, but I don't, then we're fine. You know what I mean? It is true. You it is true. <laughs> it is true, exactly and especially that it affects older people more than kids. Because the, the problem you have with that mentality is that a lot of kids don't get vaccinated early on. And so you could spread it to them. But here, they're not really affected by it. So you may be, yeah. you may be off the hook, Jason. <laughs> Wait, so do you think Adam Silver is wrong when he says there'll be an NBA champion by Labor Day? Did he say that? I think they said that they would like to crown an NBA champion by Labor Day. You mean like even if the season doesn't come back? No, I think what they're 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 trying to come up with some way where they just would run as playoffs. Like Hell no! Hell no! I will bet you twenty dollars right now that there will be no NBA season. The season will get canceled. Time. Not even Completely. a start of a 2020-2021 season. Like you, you, nothing, you, dude. Year. Yeah, like it's done. Uh, everyone is so fucked, and the stock market keeps so wild. skyrocketing. Our generation went through the Great Recession, and then coronavirus. <laughs> like that's just so. Yeah, it's so insane. Dude. Can't catch a break. Yeah, we we could have just been the Trump generation. Now we have to have this too. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna end that here. You know, unfortunately, this is pretty much what everyone's talking about. Um, it looks to be that way for the foreseeable future. You know, something crazy is I actually want to talk about entertainment in every podcast, but the thing is, uh, everything's frozen. All the productions are frozen. Yeah. It's, so it's like the only shit that's gonna be coming out are gonna be things that were wrapping up like six months ago. So we're pretty much on a freeze for that. So yeah, and Coachella was this weekend. Crazy that that's. Oh wow! Uh, you know, I don't even think the postponement's gonna happen in October. Dude, hell no. Yeah, we'll see. Iman, who's the the super right wing? Is it the owner of Golden Voice? Got it. Got it. So it's that. He owns a lot of shit. Stable Center. Okay. And he's a piece of shit. So. 
I mean, he's just a rich guy, so you know, like that's, that's what comes with the territory. Right? Yeah, I mean, I used to be just as centrist and billionaire worshiping as. I mean, you still worship and, Mark Cuban, so. Yo, Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban dances on his daughter's TikTok, and it's like super sweet. Like he's always. Yeah like really trying his hardest and he's super dope like he, he, he's gotta be the best billionaire like he i don't think billionaires exist but he's by far the best of them better than bill gates he's, uh are we gonna have a billionaire power ranking? that would be great we should that's <laughs> oh, a wow. great question hold on, hold on, hold on. Best... how is it even a question dude it's bill shit. gates it's not Wait, even like bill gates is garbage <laughs> yeah, I would is he? Mark Cuban above yeah. Bill Gates because Mark Cuban has given me Dirk Nowinski and Luka Doncic. I think Cuban is number one, and I think that's pretty universal. Uh, universal the, the in which guy. universe? The, the Twitter guy is amazing. Jay How Lewis. he donated his money was done in a way that I think no one else even touched. He's just like, here, I'm donating a quarter oh, exactly. of my life. Yes. Is he dope? He's dope, right? Tell me he's mm. dope, please. No, he <laughs> fucking blows. I mean, what yeah. was surprising though, when he donated his shares in Square or whatever, like that was actually like there wasn't even. An, I looked into it, and there wasn't like strings attached or anything. Dude. I was like, okay, good he's for like, him. I'm but everything else, my wealth, and it's going to be going into yeah. research for here. It's all public. He's like nothing hidden. And then after the coronavirus, it's all going to go into like women's businesses and stuff. That guy is fucking sick. You guys are just jealous. I, I'm a I'm a big Jack Dorsey fan. <laughs> These two, I would say Cuban, Dorsey, and then why is Bill Gates not? Can I understand from you guys? What? Why is he? Oh, the he All right. Sorry, so maybe I think that's a whole other episode. We should have a billionaire episode. I really yeah. want to do it. We should like come with our our like nominees. All right, tough. guys. Next week power. we're doing a billionaire's power rankings. Who's podcast. your champion? <laughs> If you had to choose one, yeah, I like that. Everyone bring, yeah, everyone bring their one and two to the table. And guys, obviously, is going to be Bill Gates, and then we're going to tell you, we're going to tell guy why Bill Gates is whack. I'm happy to learn. No, that's fine. I'm just curious. It's weird that you think Dirk Nowitzki deserves. I'm going to need Nima's going to need to leave. Nima and Iman are definitely going to have to leave. Yeah, I'm not saying that the, the solutions he came up with have all been successful, but he's been a solution provider across the board. He's wow. trying to find solutions, whether it's on your computer or whether it's in some, you know, broken down town in the middle of nowhere. He's just looking for solutions. That's a good guy. Yeah, how's that briefcase? <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. Sorry, I missed it. What? I was just saying, how does that boot taste? <laughs> I mean, it's... It's rubbery, but it's good. I can't really taste that well anyway. So to be fair, that. I actually agreed with Guy. Dude, you can't blame us for loving Bill Gates. Like the the advertising and PR behind that that machine is massive. Yeah, he is constantly the best, the best yeah. publicity money can buy. <laughs> yeah, but this is good. He's finding solutions to making himself popular. I anyway, like well, I, I'm gonna learn some stuff for the next one, and hopefully, I stick with my opinion after I do some research. All right, guys, cool. thank you for. Right. Uh, Joining me, we're keeping this concise, but uh, yeah, it was a blast. We'll we'll catch you guys next time. Oh, yeah, bye. Get this money, please. <laughs>